One man, one mission, to equip the Church of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and awaken the Church to the voice of the Spirit. David Cuppet brings to you the School of the Holy Spirit from one of his many missions from around the world, where he aligns with apostolic leaders to eradicate spiritual blindness and reveal the true authority of believers in Christ, to prophesy, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse the lepers. Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of the School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session. So I'm going to talk to you tonight about, um, I want to talk to you about a different aspect of the supernatural um, and really about um, you becoming the hunter, right? A lot of people, um, (laughs) a lot of people think that uh, if you don't bother the devil, the devil's not going to bother you. That's the biggest lie there is. He's whispered all this modern-day American Christianity, this lukewarmness. You don't bother me. He won't bother you. Just you just keep over there. I'm gonna, you know, I don't. I'm not in my business. He minds his, and I don't have to worry about the devil, right? I just, I just have to feel my own guilt, my own depression, right? My own health issues and problems, because that that has nothing to do with the devil. That happened in the garden, right? The, the serpent whispering to Adam, but I don't have to deal with that, right? Is that you? I mean, is, is the devil, the devil has not mess with any of you guys, does he? Does he? No, he's not that bad. He's not that bad. Come on, really? I mean, nobody here has to deal with him, does he? You see, he's a serpent. He's sly, right? If he can convince you that you're the problem, that you're the broken one, that you're the one that um, has issues, guess what? His job's done. He's won the battle. Because if he convinces you that you have to fight yourself and condemn and shame yourself, and you have to keep fighting yourself, why do I feel so fearful? Why do I feel depressed? Why do I feel oppressed? Why do I, why do I have anxiety and worry and fear? That's not the devil, right? That's just you. That's how the devil wins. Right? Right? He gets you to think that you are your enemy and you have to fix you. Right? And so there's a there's a there's a revelation that we all have to come to. Um, you know, the blood of Jesus. If you receive the blood of Jesus, the, the, the sacrifice of Jesus was perfect, right? He's made you clean. He's washed you white as snow. Second Corinthians um, uh, what is it? Second Corinthians chapter three um, talks about you being. I'm sorry. Second Corinthians chapter five talks about you being made a new creature, yes. right? So if you are in Christ, you are born again. The old has passed away, right? Depression has passed away. Anxiety has passed away. The broken thing has passed away. He's made you new. He's made you new, right? You are you? Is anybody in here a new creature in Christ? Yes. Okay, so if you're a new creature and the blood has washed you clean, white as snow, right? There's nothing broken in you because you're in Christ. Then why do you continue to experience depression? Why do you experience to continue to experience anxiety? Are you still broken? Are you still fighting yourself? Or could it be a little whispering thing in your ear, just like came to Adam and Eve, right? God has God didn't really say, did he? God didn't really say, right? He whispers in your ear. And so the revelation, the ultimate revelation, the foundation of of warfare is that you have to know above all things that you are made new in Christ. And if you don't hold on to that, you, you will be deceived by the serpent. He will come and twist, and, and what you call a born-again experience isn't really a renewed mind, because a renewed mind believes that you are made new, not what you feel, but you are made new. That's right. Okay, it's not what you feel, it's, it's that you are made new. Because if you're made new, you have a revelation that it's not you you're fighting, it's this whispering thing in your ear. 
I'm here to tell you, the Lord has sent me all over the place to minister to people and, and, and do this type of thing. I minister to all kinds of people. And deliverance is a real thing. Okay? Casting out demons is a real thing. Right? Taking up serpents, fighting principalities and powers and rules of darkness is a real thing. And once you get the revelation that, oh my gosh, it's not me that's broken. Jesus made me new. I have an enemy. Now your war is turned from you fighting yourself to looking outward and you begin to go, oh, I'm not going to take your junk spirit of fear. I'm not going to take your junk anxiety. I'm not going to take depression. You see, if you were born again and made new in Christ, yet you have depression and fear and anxiety and all these things, and you're sitting there trying to stop it, you've been deceived. Because warfare is about recognizing, first off, you are made new. And if you're made new, that feeling is coming from a demonic power. Okay? Something on the outside is trying to take away your salvation. Take away your peace. Take away your freedom. Right? My God, somebody should be getting so much hope right now with the revelation that if you were born again in Christ... My war is not against myself trying to stop something. My war is against the enemy who has come to deceive me. Amen. Now that the serpent won't mess with any of you guys. Right? That's just that Adam guy in the garden. Right? I mean, come on. Is the devil real or isn't it? Right? So the foundational warfare scripture we're going to talk about tonight. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Verse 3 to 5. Um, I'll read it here real quick. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh. You do not fight yourself. Right? You do not fight yourself. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but they are divine in power to destroy strongholds, to destroy arguments and every lofty thing that's raised uh, raises against the knowledge of God. What's the knowledge of God? He has made you new. He has made you whole. You were born again. And if you were made new, your, end, your war is not against yourself. Your war is against the divine. I, I mean, people ask me questions. And there's a counsel process. And we go back and forth. They say, well, okay, we feel depression, anxiety, but you believe in Jesus. Have you ever fought depression? Have you ever committed depression to leave you? Have you ever fought for hours praying in the Holy Ghost and saying, go in Jesus' name, go in Jesus' name, go in Jesus' name? And they go, no. Well, let's start. Come out in the name of Jesus, right? Come out. You have an enemy whispering in your ear that is deceiving you, convincing you that you're still that old broken thing. You haven't really received the winning power of Jesus Christ. And oh, by the way, your enemy doesn't exist. You just fight yourself. When I got that revelation, dude, hours. Because I struggled with depression. I struggled with depression. I had all that stuff. It was real. That's why I drank. That's why I drank my pain away. Because I couldn't rest. Like My mind would not stop. Okay? The depression would come on. So I drank and drank and drank. Three, four, five nights a week I drank. Drank, tried to numb it away. Guess what? It didn't go away. It doesn't help. But when I had, when I got through with the Holy Ghost and I got the revelation of the victory of Christ coming to dominate your enemy, that you don't have to tolerate being a victim. And see, that's the problem with most of the church. You're a victim. The, the church as a whole is a victim because you don't have a revelation of warfare. You don't have a revelation that you're not here to fight yourself. You actually have an enemy that whispers and slithers, slithers up and whispers in your ear. Amen? That's right. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty before God for the pulling down of strongholds. Lofty thoughts, arguments, high things, right? They're all whisperings. Against the knowledge of the truth. Right? So if you're made new, who's your war against? All those arguments, all those feelings, all those things that come against you, right? Are about a confrontation with your enemy. Amen? Taking every thought captive. 
to the obedience of Christ. To the, what is Christ? The word Christ is the anointing, right? To the obedience of the anointing, to the obedience of the power of Jesus Christ who conquered all darkness, he took all keys, right? He descended after the cross, he descended into hell, he yes. took the keys of life and death, he holds all keys. Yes. That means if, if Jesus holds all keys, Satan holds zero, zilch. So that's why deception works in people's lives if you don't say no. I refuse you, devil. I refuse you, depression. I, de- I refuse you, sickness. I refuse you. Yes. Amen. Right? Amen. Before it broke in me, man, hours, for weeks, months, sometimes years in certain things. Come out in Jesus' name. Come out in Jesus' name. I refuse that thought. I refuse that feeling of, of oppression. You see, a lot of you, they're generational things. The the generational things carry and they're deep. It's almost like a coding in your DNA that you're actually wired to think depressed. You're actually wired to think that you're never going to achieve. You're actually wired to think that you're never going to overcome. But those are all lies because my Bible, my my God, Jesus Christ, told me that he had victory over all things. He holds all peace. He holds all power. And finally, Christ, I refuse to believe the lie anymore, and I will fight and fight and fight my enemy. I refuse to condemn myself, baby. I will not condemn myself. I will not allow shame on myself. I will not allow myself to say, I am anxious. I am afraid. I refuse fear. I command fear to go. I command depression to go. I command hopeless to go. I command anxiety to go. In the name of Jesus. What would you look like if you woke up out of bed expecting war, expecting the battle, expecting to win the battle? Yeah. You see, the difference between Jesus in the garden and Adam in the garden is that Adam was a gardener in the war when Jesus was a warrior in the garden. Did you get that? Jesus expected to dominate the devil Adam was deceived not believing the voice of the Lord. Not believing that Adam was given all things. But because Jesus knew who he was, he was the son of God, there was nothing Satan could deceive him in. Right? Jesus learned that lesson when he was baptized in the Holy Ghost. It says the Holy Spirit led him into the desert to face the devil. You see, some people, when you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, and suddenly things become real, like, oh my gosh, the demonic becomes real. Like, all this stuff that I couldn't see before, suddenly it now becomes real, and that's because there's a, there's a very important lesson that happened to Jesus in his fight with the devil that you have, you have to grasp with all your heart. <coughs> and there's a, there's, a, there's a place in the war between Jesus and the devil when the devil's trying to convince him, right? He's trying to convince him. And Jesus says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And a lot of people will point to that and say, well, that's, that's the scripture. Can I tell you that's not the scripture? When it says that we do not, uh, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God is the word rain. It actually means the dream, the vision of the Lord, the now word of God. Okay? Jesus didn't live by memorized scripture. That's right. Jesus lived by seeing dreams and visions in the spirit. Yes. Go to the woman at the well. Go to the 5,000. Yeah. Right? Go to the man chained at the tombs. Right? He was pointed every day. Now that came out in his argument with the Pharisees. They were confounded because they lived trying to achieve the rules of the scripture. And Jesus says, I don't live like that. I see the vision of the Lord. John 5, 19. I only do what I see my father doing. Right? And, and, and a very confounding point that he has with religious folk versus spiritual folk in John 5, 38. They're arguing with them, right? And Jesus says, you search the scripture because you think in the scripture you find life, but you can't see me standing in front of your eyes. That's right. Yes. That'll, that'll mess up the religious folks right there, man. 
Huh? But if you grasp the concept, come on, man, if you grasp the concept, you will not be confounded in dead religious routines and trying to memorize. You know, like, I'm not, I'm not throwing stones at people, but, you know, the Word of Faith movement, there's a certain power to it. But you know what the Word of Faith movement is based on? Memorizing Scripture and achieving the Scripture. And if you don't achieve the Scripture, then you don't have faith. Well, guess what? The Bible actually decrees that faith doesn't come from memorized scripture. Romans 10, 17 says that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the reign of the word. Faith comes by hearing your father, not trying to memorize what he once said. That, that shifts you from being memorization and routine dependent, from being life dependent in the Holy Ghost and hearing the voice of God. So if you hear the voice of God, there is nothing that has power over you. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Because that means you're in Christ. You're actually born again. Yeah. You see, there's a lot of people that come to the altar, they think they're born again, but they're probably not really born again. Well, what do you mean by that, Dave? Well, Jesus said in John 3, right? <laughs> Jesus said, come on, there's liberation happening here. In John 3, Jesus said, um, to be born again, you might, you, you, if you are born again, you will see the kingdom, right? Verse 5 is, to be born again, you will enter the kingdom. And then he goes on to verse 7, and he says, those who are born again are blown by the wind. What happened on the day of Pentecost? The wind came. So no longer did that chicken guy named Peter, who couldn't achieve and measure up, right? Who was filled with anxiety and fear and trying to live up to things and achieve, right? No longer was he a chicken, but he was made supernatural when the power of the Holy Ghost came on him, right? The wind, the Holy Ghost came, gave him vision, dreams, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, and Peter went into the world and did the supernatural. He did what he couldn't do without the Holy Ghost. That's right. That's, that's believing in Jesus without the Holy Ghost. I know I'm getting deep on this one, guys, but Peter walked with Jesus, but he didn't have the Holy Ghost until Jesus went to the cross, ascended, sent the Holy Ghost, and because the Holy Ghost had all keys and authority and power, when it came on Peter, now Peter's equipped to do something that he couldn't do when he had that chicken spirit before Jesus went to the cross. Amen. And that's what religion is. Jesus without the Holy Ghost. Jesus. Come on, man. It's littered around here. Jesus without the Holy Ghost. Yeah, holy nomination. We believe in Jesus. And not that Holy Ghost. Well, guess what? You're not born again. Because if you were born again, you'd be moved by the wind. You'd be moved by the voice of the Lord. You'd be sent. You'd be equipped. You'd be casting out devils. You'd be healing the sick. You'd be doing supernatural things. And there'd be nothing that could stop you because you are founded in the deliverance power of Jesus, the blood that has made you new. And because you know how to win the war, the Lord sends you to win the war for other people. Yes. You see, if you win your war, you decide, I am made new in Christ. Yes. And this day, right now, I refuse oppression. I refuse that sickness. I refuse disease. I refuse depression. And I'm going to wage war against that serpent that has come to deceive me and take away my born-again experience. Come on, man, I'm preaching to somebody. I'm preaching to somebody. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, let's take a break for a minute. I need to tell you a story before we get a little deeper, all right? Because there's a depth to warfare that you have to embrace to live in victory, okay? How real is the devil? Yeah, you have to be convinced that he's extremely real. And he hates you with a passion. He wants to kill you. He wants to take you out. He wants to cause disease and sickness in you. He wants to make you lay in bed for days, weeks, and months, shaking in fear, thinking that it's you, when actually 
he's afraid of what you're about to become if you truly believe yes. in the power of Jesus Christ. Because you are going to turn around and become the hunter of the one who is hunting you. My God. Oh my God. I mean, when I got that revelation, I was looking for anybody. Give me a vision for him, Lord. Give me a vision for her. Give me a vision. Come out. Come out. I had a friend then. We would call and say, hey, I got a live one. I got a live one. I need help. I take my car, roll in, be casting the devil out of a person for three, four hours. Amazing. I got one. Hey, I got one. Come over to my house tonight. Come out. Come out. I can't tell a lot of people. I remember where I went for like five years. Come out. It's real, baby. The devil is real. He's real. He's getting scared. <laughs> He's getting scared. He knows people are being awakened to hunt him. Say this with me. Say, Holy Ghost. Make me a hunter of my enemies. Make me a hunter of that serpent that's deceived me. I want the head of my enemies. Make me a hunter of the enemies of my friends of my family, of my neighbors, of my church. I want the head of everything that has come to deceive me. Just like that boy baptized in the Holy Ghost. Come on, just like that boy baptized in the Holy Ghost who stood on that battlefield against an impossible giant. He said, I want your head. I'm taking your head. I'm taking your head. That's what he said. Can you picture him looking up at yeah. this thing? I know the biggest, baddest dude on the planet in the universe. <laughs> He's called the Holy Ghost. And I asked him for your head. Yes. Come on, you get the picture? Yeah. You see, Jesus, the Father loved David so much. He loved him so much. David was in love. He was a warrior poet. Yes. Right? He was in love with the Father. He was in love with the Holy Ghost so much that his presence in the Holy Ghost produced something yes. that the synagogue couldn't. Yes, sir. Come on, baby. Yes, I'm talking to somebody. Yep. What the synagogue couldn't produce, the Lord produced when he baptized a boy in the Holy Ghost. Yes. Are you with me? Yes. And, he, and, then, and he was loved so much that the Father said, I am sending my son Jesus as the son of what? David. The son of David, who would sit on the throne of David, right? The promise to David was, what was the promise to David? The promise to David was the salt covenant. It was that I'll be an enemy to your enemies, that your children will sit on thrones, meaning that you will multiply in the spirit, and I will make you the house of God. No longer will the house of God be in a, in a dead synagogue, but I will make your heart my place of rest. Yes, Three promises. I will make you my house. I will take residence up in you. Your children will be multiplied. They will sit on thrones. And I'll be an enemy to your enemy and an adversary to your adversary. Yes. Right? And the father loved them so much. He said, I'm going to give, I'm going to send my son as the son of David. Jesus had all the keys resting on his shoulder. The key of David rested on his shoulder, right? All authority, all power rested on the shoulder of Christ, right? Because he was anointed in the spirit to be led by the power of the Holy Ghost who knew all things. Jesus came as a man, but he was anointed in the Holy Ghost. And it was the Holy Ghost that made him supernatural, yes. right? Yes. He, did, he, he came as Jesus for 30 years. Right? But when the Holy Ghost came on him, all the miracles, all the supernatural, go here, go here, cast this devil out, do the supernatural thing. And Jesus loved the Holy Ghost so much, he valued it so much, that he said, stay in the city, I'm sending upon you the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Ghost. I'm sending on you of the ability to conquer, the ability to expect in the covenant, the salt covenant I made with David. To help be an enemy to your enemies. That you will, your children will be multiplied. 
and I will make you a house. I will take residence up in you. Do you think Satan hates you? Yes. He hates you. You know why he hates you? Because of that covenant. He hates you because of that promise that he, the Lord himself, is going to rest on you. And when Satan can come and whisper in your, your ear and convince you that you don't have somebody who's going to fight against your enemies, you don't have somebody who promised a multiplication to you, and you don't have a promise that the Lord himself takes residence in you, if he can deceive you from it, right, then you give up the whole promise of the new covenant that is all-compassing, all authority, all ability, that you are made new in Christ, you're not a victim. You see, in the old covenant, they were a victim. Paul said, if the law could have saved you, there would have been no need for Christ. And Christ said, I accomplished what separated you from the, the Holy Ghost, and I ascended my Father to send upon you the Holy Spirit. Right? Yeah. You see, if you can wrap your mind around that concept, around that concept of war, you will not tolerate your enemy anymore. You will not tolerate. You will walk in revelation. You will walk in an expectation of victory, domination, and hunting the one who thinks he's going to hunt you. Amen? Amen? Amen. So back to my story. I tried to, I tried to tell that story like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> but so when I got baptized in the Holy Ghost in 2005, man, within weeks, I was having visions. My pastor had me in front of the church because I just these visions and prophecies started to fly out of me. I started, they called me up one day, I prayed to lay my hand on a woman, and she started to growl. And I said, what do I do? My pastor said, come in, come out. I said, come out. And she's flopping on the ground, casting the devil out. I was only baptized in the Holy Ghost for a matter of weeks. And this is like, that's, that's what set me on fire to bring in deliverance to people, okay? And so, this is going on and on, and um, the evangelist that's connected to, to our church at the time, his name is Brian, he asked me, he says, hey, I'd like you to come with me. Um, he would always go to the Navajo Indian Reservation. Mm-hmm. So we go, to the, we go to the Navajo Indian Reservation, Shelly and I, and um, first night, first night of the, of the mission, we're in there, and Brian gets up to preach, and uh, five minutes in, man, he's talking about Luke 10, 19. Behold, I give you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the supernatural power of the enemy, and nothing shall any, by any means harm you, right? And I mean, he's, he's preaching, man, he's preaching, and all of a sudden, I'm sitting up here in, the, in this side of the church, and all of a sudden you hear in the back, in the back of the church, Rah! and I stood up. And I look back, and I see there's a guy sitting in the in the last pew. He's about 350 pounds, okay? 350 pound Indian. And he's got the guy in front of him in a headlock, pulling him, pulling him over, backwards over the, the pew, choking him. And the, the, the guy, in the, he was a pastor. The guy being choked was a pastor, okay? The 350 pound guy in the back, he's got him around the neck, and he's screaming, ah! Okay, and so I jump up, I run back, I lay my hands on, on this on this Indian, and I'm and I'm going, come out in Jesus' name, you spirit of murder, come out, come out, you spirit of murder, come out. And the guy started shaking. He starts and uh, foam, green foam starts coming out of his mouth. Okay, and before I finish the story, I'll tell you a, a piece of this. After it was all over, um, one of the pastors comes over and he starts to talk about who this guy was. He says, this is a peyote witch doctor. Okay, this, this, is, this is a guy, he casts spells. Um, and if you know anything about the peyote religion in the, in the Navajo Nation, in the Indian Nation as a whole, the people fear the witch doctor because they are so spiritual on the demonic side that um, they claim they have the ability to shapeshift and do things that are like supernatural, okay? And so I didn't know this at the time. So I'm coming back and I'm just, hey man, I did this, I did this for three months. I'm looking at like 2005. I've only done it for three months and I was always successful. All right? And, <laughs> and so 
So I'm back there and I'm saying, come on in Jesus' name. Come on, I come in here. Come on, you spirit of death, come out. And the guy falls out of the chair and he's going, green foam's coming out of his mouth and he's laying there. And this goes on for like 15 minutes. We're casting this devil out of, out of this Apache witch doctor. Okay? And so, you know, Brian, Brian's back there with me. I kind of, I, I kind of, kind of fade out of the picture. Brian and a few other guys, you know, take over. I turn around and the whole church who had never seen deliverance, everybody's standing on the pew looking back at the, at the Apache who has green foam coming out of his mouth. Okay? So I kind of like, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, this is, this is kind of over, right? This is kind of over. So I, I go back into the back corner of, of the church, okay? And I'm standing back there by myself, and I'm like, wow, that was crazy. And all of a sudden, I felt these hands, what felt like hands, go around my neck, okay? And I'm sitting there, I'm like, what? And there, there's nobody around me. Nobody. I'm, I'm going... And I'm going, Jesus, come out! Spirit of God, And I'm like, it lasted for like 10 seconds, buddy, but it was real. And it's like, oh! I'm like, what in the heck? And it left. But what I felt was I felt like this, like a sickness started to come on me. All the energy started draining out of my body. And I'm like, what? And I kind of toughed it out. I mean, we were we had just started the service, and I was Brian's catcher, right? So I'm catching people all night long, and um, we're we're seeing a bunch of stuff. We get back to the compound at midnight. I go over into the room, okay, and I'm in my room, and I'm sitting. I'm like, man, I'm getting more sick and more sick. And all of a sudden, I run into the bathroom. I'm dry heaving. I'm throwing up. I'm you know. You know, I'm, I'm trying to fight this thing. In the name of Jesus, come out, come out. Leave me now. Spirit of death, leave me now. Right? And I'm bent over, I'm throwing up, I'm trying to even, I'm doing it all, right? I go back to my bed, and this is going on. This is all night long, from like 12, 12 midnight to about 6 a.m. And by 6 a.m., all the life, I mean, all the strength energy had been drained out of me. I thought I was going to die. And at this point, I went over and I'm going for Shelly. Call Brian. I'm going to die. Call Brian. Right? And so I'm laying out in the middle of the table on the compound. By the time Brian arrived, Brian's about to stay in the hotel. Shelly and I got, we, we were staying with the youth on the compound. So Brian's like 20, 30 minutes away. By the time Brian and his wife get there, I'm laying, I'm laying on the table and I'm thinking, I'm dead. Like, I literally felt like I thought the life was coming out of me. Okay? Brian and his wife Karen, they come over and uh, ask me a few questions. They lay their hands on me and uh, they're praying in the spirit. They start praying in the Holy Ghost, right? Five, ten minutes. They're just praying in the Holy Ghost. They're not saying anything special. They're just praying in the Holy Ghost. And all of a sudden, Karen says, I got a vision. And she starts talking about um, seeing, seeing this, this uh, demonic entity, this prince. That has a has a grip on me, and, and she starts naming this thing and commanding this thing to go. And after about five minutes, I, I mean, this was this was one of the most amazing revelations and experiences that I ever had. Okay, I felt this thing that was like on me start to peel off of my face, and I could feel a difference now when it got down to my chest. This thing's peeling off of me, right? It peeled off my chest, then my abdomen, down to my legs, and off my feet. I felt it go off of me. And when, it, when I felt it go off of me, it was like the energy of heaven came inside of me. I jumped up off the table, and I was ready. I hadn't slept all night. I'm throwing up all night. I, I lost energy all night long. And because a woman prayed in the Holy Ghost, got a vision of a principality that was assigned to take me out, and cause sickness, cause disease, to cause whatever it was causing on me, cause death, right? She prayed the vision, and this thing peeled off of me. It literally peeled off and left me. And I jumped off that table, changed forever. I'm talking changed forever. When I, when I, I mean, for the rest of the trip, when I got home, I said, Lord, whatever that is, whatever that gift is, I want that gift. Whatever that entity was that came against me, I want to do to it what Karen did to it when she got your vision and spoke your vision against my enemy. My God. I was like, I want that gift. How powerful is the vision of the Lord? 
Yeah. Right? There's a, there's a couple revelations here. How real is the demonic world? Right? How real is the demonic in the sickness and disease, oppression, and depression that you all struggle with right now? How real is it? I mean, I was convinced, baby. Yeah, I was convinced. Is everything caused by the demonic? Well, my view of it is I have enough experience with it that more that's caused by the demonic than is not. Okay? And if you sit there and just entertain it, you let it live, you let, well, I just, I'm just going to have to live with that disease the rest of my life. I'm just going to have to, I'm always going to be afraid the rest of my life. I'm always going to be fearful. I'm always going to be oppressed. Whatever it is, as long as you entertain it, as long as you are deceived thinking that it's not the demonic realm, then guess what? It wins. And I'm telling you that story because it's a real deal. Okay? Anybody, any, anybody struggle with depression, anxiety, fear, torment at night, something whispering in your night, shaking your bed at night? Come on, man. I, I've heard it all. I, I mean, nothing, nothing would faze me. Nothing. Amen? And so, I talked so long that my computer went kaflooey on me. Um, so you get the picture, right? <laughs> that you have an enemy that wants to take you out. You have an enemy that hunts you. You have an enemy that literally, if it can deceive you, it will. It will take advantage of everything that comes against you. Amen? It will take advantage of you. If you let it. If you let it. If you let it. If you let it, dude. If you let it, it will take advantage of you. If you let it, dude, it will take advantage of you. It will, if you let it. But you know, joy comes to those who have a revelation. Joy comes to those who have struggled for months and weeks and years and suddenly have a revelation that, oh my gosh, I'm made new in Christ and that thing that has come against me is not me. It's an entity that has deceived me and kept me in bed, kept me broken, kept me ashamed, kept me unable. Right? What would you look like if you had a revelation Right? What would you look like if you had a revelation that you are called to be the hunter instead of the one that says, I hope he doesn't come after me. Hope he doesn't come after me. Hope he doesn't come after me. I mean, when I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, what do Jesus is alive? Jesus is alive. Does anybody need deliver? Come out! Come out! Huh? My God, I mean, it's liberating. It's absolutely liberating to mean, oh my God, he made me new. My war is not against me. It's not against flesh and blood. He made me new. And if he made me new, it's the deception that I let continue in my life. So I refuse the deception. Go in Jesus' name. Go in Jesus' name. Amen? Your only limitation is what you tolerate. Okay? <laughs> your only limitation is what you tolerate. What are you willing to tolerate? What's your tolerance? Seriously, what's your tolerance? You have to ask the question, what are you willing to tolerate? Right? What are you willing to tolerate? Because modern culture has taught you to tolerate it. Just go down and get some different medication. Just go down and ask the doctor for another pill. Just go down and, you know, get, go work with a self-help group and try to stop the feelings. Try to stop. You know that that's impossible? If you have a demonic spirit whispering in your ear and you're sitting there beating yourself up because you can't stop depression and you go back and you go back and you go back to this thing over here laughing at you. My God. I look at that thing and I start to laugh because it's the end, dude. It is the end of you whispering in my ear. 
So it comes down to what you're willing to tolerate. Seriously, what are you willing to tolerate? Jesus actually said this. He's talking about modern day culture and, and the, um, uh, the Jezebel spirit that has infiltrated the church, right? That rules over the people. Instead of liberating the people, they, it rules over the people, releases fear into the people. Don't come. Don't come gather. Don't come gather. You might get sick. Sorry, I shouldn't go there. Revelation chapter two, verse 20. Nevertheless, I have this against you that you tolerate that woman Jezebel. You tolerate that thing that whispers fear in the hearts of my prophetic people. You tolerate it. So why do you tolerate it, church? What are you willing to tolerate? You know what I'm willing to tolerate? Nothing. Zero. Because Jesus has all keys. Satan has zero keys. And if I'm in Christ, I have all keys. And I don't have to be a victim. I refuse to be a victim. If I have to fight all night and cast out a demon, I'll fight all night. Come on, man. I mean, what would this church look like? If it was built for war, if it was like, oh my gosh, does anybody need help? Does, do you, does, does my buddy need help fighting depression? All right, we've got four of us. We're going to be over here tonight, Charlie. We're coming at 6.30 and we'll be there till you're free. Amen. We'll be there till you are laughing in joy. We're coming. Come on, man. Sniper teams. Prophetic sniper teams. Awaken to hunt the enemies of God. Awaken to hunt sickness and disease. Awaken in the power of the Holy Ghost. Unwilling to tolerate any sickness or disease. Unwilling to tolerate death and all the junk of evil. Amen? Amen. Are you with me tonight, church? But it all comes down to tolerance. What are you willing to tolerate? You know, there's seven levels of tolerance. I'm going to read these these definitions off to you. Regression means to withdraw or decrease. Anybody just withdraw when you feel oppressed? Huh? Repression means to be uh, lessened or quenched in spirit, to be joyless or lifeless. Anybody have a tough day so you just lay in bed? What are you willing to tolerate? The next level is suppression, meaning to squeeze down abnormally, to conceal, suppress um, feelings and desires, so you just tolerate it. The next level is depression, a psychotic or neurotic condition characterized by an inability to concentrate, insomnia, feelings of extreme sadness, dejection, and hopelessness. Then you got level five, which is absolute oppression. Like depression, only carried to the nth degree, you can't get out of bed. You won't get out of bed. Number six, obsession, meaning all of the above, but convinced that you're powerless. Are you powerless? What did Paul say when he talked to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3? He said, beware of powerless men. If you hang around with powerless men, you have no chance. None. Zero. Right? Hopeless. And then there's absolute possession, which I'm not even going to address that because that's rarely seen, but you get the point. What are you willing to tolerate? Is there anybody here that's willing to tolerate it? Just let it live? You want to let your enemy live? Say this with me. Say, Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Give me a vision. Of what's been hunting me. All my life. Give me the word of the Lord. That will take the head of my enemies. Because I refuse. To tolerate. What I've been deceived and tolerating. All my life. I am baptized in the power of the Holy Ghost. I have been given all keys of authority in Christ. I've been given dreams and visions. And I know you, Lord, have the answer to set me free, to take the head of my enemy, to break the back of my enemy. Awaken you, Lord, Holy Ghost. I repent. Come on, right now. I put the word on this. I repent for being deceived by religion that tolerates my enemy. Send me to self-help groups. I refuse that lie. Awaken me, Holy Ghost. In visions and dreams. And make me your hunter. Come on, say it like you mean it. Make me your hunter. Of your holy powers. 
Oh, it's not a demon. Mark 16 says, these signs will follow those who believe in my name. You will cast out devils. You will heal the sick, right? You will do supernatural things. You will baptize people in the power of the Holy Ghost. Yes. It's a picture of the true church, Amen. right? Yes. A lot of people think that they're preaching the gospel is just talking about scripture. Well, this is Jesus. No, Jesus is demonstrated. Jesus doesn't tolerate darkness and disease and sickness. Jesus goes and releases his power to bring deliverance to people. Amen. Right? Come on. Completely different than dead religion. Yes. Come on, man. We have a cross on our door. Just come in and sit. We'll entertain you. Let's go over one more scripture. Um, <clears throat> Ephesians 1.17 I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. That the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that you would know what is the hope of His calling and what is the riches in the glory of the inheritance of the saints. Right? That you would know it. That you would expect in it. That you would know that He wants to give you visions and dreams that you would live victoriously. Right? And what is the exceeding greatness of His power, His dunamis power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. That word mighty power is the word kratos. It actually means the spoken word of the Lord, the direct word of the Lord, the vision, the dream that he gives you. It's the same word of when the power of the Holy Ghost in Genesis chapter 1, where the Lord spoke and the darkness had no answer. You see, when the Lord gives you a vision and a dream and you begin to speak it, your enemy has no answer. The darkness is at the mercy of the light. Right? So the church shouldn't be centered around systems and routine. The church should be centered around receiving revelation. Receiving the power that has the ability to conquer all things. Right? Yes. What if you decided this week, this month, you're turning off your TV because you believe that he had a promise to give you that was going to pour out revelation and understanding and dreams that was going to shift your life, awaken a ministry in you, launch you into the supernatural. Amen? What, what would you do? Turn off your TV? Turn off all this junk, all these lies, all this self-help junk? These things that can't help you, they just keep you numb. Right? They just keep you numb to the reality, the one source of power that has the ability to drive demonic powers and have conquering ability over everything that hunts you. Right? What would you do? What would you do? Yeah, shut it off and pray. Shut up and pray. Tell your neighbor, shut up and pray. <laughs> shut up and pray. Amen. Shut up and pray, baby. <laughs> you gotta make the, you gotta paint that on your mirror or something this week. Shut up and pray. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but in the world to come. Those, the word for power is the word demonic exousia, meaning a demonic authority. The only authority that the demonic has is what you don't claim. Yes. What you give what you give up or blindly yes. don't realize you have, yes. Satan whispers in your ear to get you to fight yourself, and he takes the authority from you just like he did to Adam. Yes. God didn't say I had it. Right? That's what happened to Adam. Has God said? That's what the that's what the certain certain serpent whispered. Has God said? Right? And so exousia is, 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 is the, the word authority is very important. If you claim your authority, how much authority does Satan have? If you claim your authority over, over depression, oppression, disease, and sickness, how much authority does Satan have? How much does he have? None. 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 He has zero. He has zero power. The word might is the demonic, uh, the demonic dunamis. The word dunamis means presence. Okay, just as the Holy Ghost has a presence, so does evil. It's generally a feel of presence of fear, shake, tremble, 
in the presence of evil? That's called demonic dunamis. Dunamis power, the presence of evil. And it comes because he's taken authority and whispered in your ear that you don't claim back. And until you claim it back, and until you fight back, it will stay because you haven't taken it back. Right? Who wants to take back your authority? Who said I had enough of dealing and beating myself up? Who says I'm tired of giving the devil glory instead of giving Jesus glory? And that's exactly what you're doing if you don't believe so profoundly that you don't tolerate the junk. And you say, you know what? Rather than lay in bed, I'm going to say, come out, spirit of death. Come out, spirit of oppression. Come out in Jesus' name. I am not going to shut up until you go. Go, go, go in Jesus' name. Shango, pay, 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 pay. Come out. Come out. You'd have thought I was crazy back in 2005, 6, and 7. Absolutely crazy. I'd be down in the basement fighting the devil. I'd be down there coming out in Jesus' name, fighting the oppression. The Lord would wake me up in the middle of the night, David, there's evil in your house. I'd go downstairs and I'd be trembling, I'd be shaking, and he taught me to fight. Go in Jesus' name. I take authority over fear. Go in Jesus' name. I bring your power. Come out. Go. Go. Go in Jesus' name. So what are you willing to tolerate? It's a big question. It's key to your awakening. It's key to you taking authority and power and living a victorious life in Christ. Amen? It's absolutely key. It's absolutely key. So let's do this. Say this with me. Say, Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. I ask right now for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. To flood my heart with light. Give me visions and dreams. Give me supernatural understanding. Give me a heart that will not tolerate my enemy. Will not tolerate what my dad had to tolerate. What my mom had to tolerate. What my previous generations endured. I'm drawing the line. I'm stepping across because I believe in you, Jesus. That you are victorious over all things for my glory. You descended into hell, took the keys of life and death, and now you hold all keys. And I ask for the keys. I ask for a revelation of my authority. I ask for the names of my enemies. In the name of Jesus, make me your end time warrior. Come on, make me your end time warrior. I'm going to be in the Holy Ghost. Make me your end time warrior. Come on, Lord. Thank you for joining this week's episode of the School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcuppet.org, D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T dot O-R-G, or fivestoneministries.org. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma Magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book entitled Wisdom-Filled Warriors, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.